Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Rod Babers, former Longhorn. Uh, Rod, doing okay today. We're about five days away now from uh, the National College Football Playoff matchup with the University of Washington. This is the state of the program, our weekly uh, segment, uh, talking about all things Texas. Uh, this is brought to you by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, I want to start, Rod, and just put it put it this way to you. You've been at bowl practices before. You know what they look like. You know how they feel. Um, what what are the Longhorns? They took off for for um, New Orleans today. What's that like as a team? Like what what's the thought behind the scenes right now? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I actually um, heard an interview with Chris Peterson, uh, the former head coach for the Huskies, talking about this, and um, he talked about how it is for a coach. It's um, it's a bit of a balancing act because you got so much time off. Right. So you don't want to lose your edge. So you do want to push the guys a little bit. But your biggest issue is getting guys healthy. And you do have this period now to get everybody healthy, to be the healthiest team you've ever been. Um, in order to do that, though, you don't you know, you want to make sure that you safeguard against injuries in practice. You don't want to push guys into the season. And you talked about how, you know, it's really uh, tough for coaches to determine are they going to push guys in practice, try to replicate some of the physicality they're going to see. Or are they going to try to dial it back a little bit? Uh, it's really interesting. Uh, and I, I think about that, and I think it's going to affect a lot of things in this game. I think it will affect tackling in this game. Just certain things that usually will pop up at the beginning of the year because this game will feel like that in a lot of respects because I don't know if these teams are going to have really physical practice to try to replicate that. I think they're going to have more relaxed practices, at least for the starters and the front-line guys. When I was playing as a young guy, I remember getting a lot of reps in these bowl practices. I almost felt like a spring. Uh, again, we talk about that with the extra bowl practices. If that's for the young guys, and you can still get the physicality and the edge, the younger guys will do it. But I think for those, the guys that you expect to play a lot of reps in these bowl games, especially important ones like this, uh, you know, they're dialed back. I really do think that most of the coaches, and Chris Peterson actually confirmed it. He's like, I was scared. He said, I was straight up scared of guys getting hurt in practices with that much time. All right, to practice, and if I got a little uh, a little too enthusiastic about getting physical and about trying to simulate those reps, especially special teams, something you can't really you know, those collision style plays, uh, you know, running backs getting hit, ball security becomes an issue because that may not happen in practice. Uh, tackling, I mean, I, I think it's gonna be fascinating. You may get some of the just the fundamental things that suffer in some of these games because of the time off, and you never have that much time off during the season. You mentioned I want before we get going into the game and a little bit more about Texas in general, the young players uh, and yeah. what they're doing right now. You've been there where you didn't play a lot as a true freshman, and so you had this, these bowl practices that were essentially an extension of the season that gave you an extra two weeks of full-on practice. Where frankly, sometimes you guys were the priority in those practices as the young players. Yes, they had the older players, but they were trying to just get reps to understand what they were supposed to do. Whereas the young players were actually the ones that were trading paint. You know what I mean? They were actually hitting each other. Explain like a guy, I, we, we talked about it, a Jelani McDonald, Darian Gallette, uh, Warren Roberson. What are those guys, those young guys right now? What are they doing? What are they focused on? What, is it, what are they seeing for really the first time? Uh, yeah, that's you know I, I I love that because I do remember getting 
some of those live reps late in the season. Coaches, you know, they're all about managing practice and trying to get the most, right, maximize those practice reps. Well, late in the season, when you do have this extra time to practice, they're also looking at the, the way the team is going to, you know, transform after this bowl game, right? It's a lot of guys leaving. That's It's almost, you know, this, this moment where, where a metamorphosis for the team. Uh, they're in this point where, yeah, the, the older guys, they're going to go win this bowl game, put their stamp on it. But a lot of those guys are leaving, and it's going to be the young guys who take over and going to be competing for those spots. So I think for coaches, it's kind of an, an overall evaluation for those young guys. I felt that uh, as a young guy uh, in the, before those bowl games. I think it was the Cotton Bowl. I only played – it was Cotton Bowl and a Holiday Bowl for me. Y'all, y'all remember them days. I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all remember? Like, oh, man, damn Cotton Bowl on a Holiday Bowl. It was going every year. I played in two Cotton Bowls and two Holiday Bowls. That's the way it went down. Holiday Bowls are quality bowls, I'll tell you, man. Hanging out in San Diego ain't bad at all. Uh, but, yeah, I, I remember early on there there was, I mean, like a, like a you know, a few days of those practices where, man, I was like, oh, I felt like, I felt like a starter as a young guy. You know, getting a lot of reps out there. And I think it's because the coaches were trying to evaluate for the future. Um, and it's not just, and the coaches are juggling a lot of different things. We talked about this, we're, we're recruiting and a transfer board with practice for bowl games. That's your job as a coach multitasking. And you better be really damn good at, it. you got a lot of coaches to help you with it. But I do think one of the priorities for the coaches in the bowl games is let's get a look at the, let's get a jump. Let's get a little, uh, you know, let's get a little bit of a preview of what the team may look like going forward with some of these young guys who are not our frontline starters, but we know are going to be competing for depth but also maybe competing for breakthroughs uh, to actually take some of these starting jobs. So it, it's, it's as a coach, I mean, I think it's all, it'd be irresponsible of you not to do it. I think every, I, I, I believe so, at least my experience at Texas, that is always the case. I think that's the case all around the country for these young guys. I mean, they're looking to get a jump. You said it. Yeah. Anything, anything that gives them an edge for whenever they're next. I mean, Sark's not looking to go any place. So he's certainly trying to get a head start on spring ball, if not yeah. further along than that. Uh, one of the young guys we've heard is is performed very well. By the way, is Arch Manning, um, and I mean that's got to be music to to Texas fans' ears because if Quinn Ewers comes back, Arch Manning uh, returns as well for another year of seasoning before he takes the helm. Uh, Texas is just in such a great position at the most important position on the football field. All right, before we go in, we have some. I have some other questions. I want to say thank you to our sponsor, uh, the State of the Program, brought to you by Adam Lowy. And the Lowy Law Firm, he's been helping injured Texans uh, for decades. Give him a call, 512-280-0800, or visit him at LowyLawFirm.com. If you've been injured in a car wreck or on the job and just even think you might be due some compensation, give Adam and his group a call. They do a free consultation, no strings attached. That's 512-280-0800. Rod, I, I think about it, and I've talked to you, and you've been on top of this from the get-go. We spoke to Alex Okafor last week, talked to Sed Griffin, somebody that followed you, right? And that what we talked about was following up classes yeah, with class upon class of recruiting. And we just passed in recruiting, and I, you've gone into this before, and we've talked about it. it it's that idea of iron sharpens iron or, or what Cedric Griffin said, comp- competition creates breeds excellence. Mm-hmm. Is, is that I what, I mean, everybody from you to said Griffin, Alex, a bunch of other guys, Bob Shipley, if, if, you and him are even talking. Texas right now is continuing to add 
more and more talent, right? Not just good talent, but high end stuff, high end talent. Yeah. You you look, you take a step back as a guy that knows football as well as you do, um, and has seen it, right? I mean, you've seen that progression on a personal level because you've not only played at Texas, then you worked a little bit on the sideline. You saw that happen. How important and how valuable is that process that we're seeing happen right in front of our, our right in front of our eyes right now? Yeah, I, I think it's the key to development. Honestly, it's I, and the coaches are a big part of it, you know. But the coaches are teaching their techniques, fundamentals. I mean, they're teachers, right? We're in the classroom and we're learning about the game. And we become students of the game. Um, but man, there's nothing I think that helps development, at least help my development, like being pushed by playing with great players in that DB room and looking at guys like Nathan Basher, <laughs> uh, Quentin Jammer, talking about the Young Bucks, bringing in a Cedric Griffin, bringing in a, a Michael Huff, bringing in. I mean, it 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 pushed me to be the best player I could be, because the truth is, if I won that starting job amongst those great players, I mean, I had to be a great player. I, I, I had to take my game to the the, the, the the most elite level possible. And honestly, I, I did it for three years as a starter. There ain't no way I could have done it in that room without being pushed by great competition. Um, but also on the other side, when they brought in Roy Williams, Sloan Thomas, and BJ Johnson, I, I used to take reps against Kwame Cavill. That was that's my dog. I love me some Kwame Cavill, man. He he took me aside as a young buck. It made me cover him one on one after practice, <laughs> and kind of you know taught me a lot of the technique and the tricks of the trade. Um, but when you brought in a a just a group of stellar receivers who were projected to be NFL caliber receivers, and I was playing alongside defensive backs who are NFL caliber DBs and even the young guys who are pushing me. And I knew the young, young bucks had higher upside than me. I knew I mean, I'm five, five, nine, not 175. I can cover that's my, that's my elite trait and skill. But Hey man, I looked at Huff. I'm a, I'm a football investigator and evaluator too. I looked at Huff daddy and went, yep. Yeah, higher upside. I got <laughs> Cedric Griffin, long rangey. Have y'all seen this dude, man? He's built like an avatar, <laughs> like, like, you know, higher upside than Rod B. All right. But I got, to, and even that, and my man, Nasty Nate, Nathan Vasher came in. It was just, I've never played with a better ball hawk than Nathan Vasher. Um, all those guys were great. And I knew they had high upside out to me. I was a realist. Come on, man. I, you know, but that didn't mean they were going to take my job. That was, <laughs> that was my job. Y'all can have it and you can go to new heights and you can push the standard when I'm gone, but this is my job. And that's, that's the mindset you got to have. And if I didn't have that, and that means I had to stay later than all my goal. And trust me, I remember Nat, my man, Nathan Vash was like, hey, man, I'm staying late with you. I'm staying after practice with you. That's the standard. I had to, we had to set the standard because the only way I was going to be able to beat them out in competition was if Rodby stayed later, had to watch more film. That's why I could do what I do now. Hell, I watched so much damn film, man. <laughs> like I, 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 in my, I remember in just a dormitory. For hours at a time, I was sweet mates with my man Sims. I mean, I was sweet mates with my man Kenny Hyder at one time. And I remember watching film hours at a time on opponents and doing my own analytics before it was even a thing. And I had to do it. And I, I remember inviting my teammates over like, hey, man, let's go. Let's watch some film together. Let's, let's break it down. I had to not only push myself to be better than the best, I, what ended up being the best DBs in the country. <laughs> later on in their careers 
but I also I had to kind of set the standard and it pushed me to be a leader of that group. I if if I had decided, you know, I'm going to win this job and I'm going to do it in a selfish manner, like, hey, man, I don't care about my teammates, then we wouldn't have been a great defensive back room. Not only did I have to win the job, but I got to pull the young DBs with me. So when I stay after practice late, they stay after practice late. And every, the culture and the standard is set that in order to win a job in that room, this is kind of how the running back room is now. To win a job in that room, it takes what it takes. It takes what it takes. And then the standard never falls off because the young bucks learn that too. Nasty Nate passes down to Huff Daddy and Cedric Griffin. They pass it down to the next group and the next Michael Griffin. You know, it just boom. That's how the DB room became the best DB room in the country for years after that. But it it, it took like that that spark initially for I think uh, of having that much com- I mean, we had how many Thorpe Award winners in that damn room? We had two Huff Daddy and A. Ross. We had mm-hmm. two Thorpe Award winners in the same room. That didn't include Quentin Jammer, who's a first round pick. That didn't include Cedric Griffin, who's a second round pick. I mean, it was loaded with talent. That's what you're talking about doing right now with Star. You're talking about just loading it up with room, and then you can let the chips fall where they may. Then the the cream will rise to the top. And I wasn't necessarily the cream, but it pushed me to be the best player I could be. I it, it just brought out the best player in me. And that's not even to mention going against Roy Williams and B.J. Johnson, Sloan Thomas today. I just felt the pressure of trying to win a job in that room every day to be my best. And if I wasn't and I had a bad day or fell off, I could feel the pressure <laughs> of the young bucks and they're watching them perform and having to understand that I had to actually be consistently great every day or I could lose my job. And honestly, I wouldn't have blamed them. I, I watched guys lose their job. I watched guys, I watched my man Amar Brooks lose his job at corner and then get another job at safety. That's respect. He was like, all right, then what I can't play a corner because Rod B, Quentin Jammer at corner, and they bringing in more corners. You know what? I think I can get a job at safety. All right. And the DB room was open. It was open to competition like that. If you could earn the spot. And that's what I that's what I loved about it. I think Sark's trying to create that type of mentality within the team. You you mentioned two things that I want to go. You talked about a spark to get it going, right? That's one of the terms you used. I think that that, that's what we've seen is a spark, right? Whether it's Jade Barron in in the secondary, right? Mm -hmm. A guy that to your point is a film nut kind of, you know, high, high IQ uh, football player, a Jalen Ford that's developed so much at linebacker and now is, taking Anthony Hill under his wing a little bit. Uh, you talk about the offensive line. Um, just Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning. We, you mentioned yeah. the running backs. Um, now you have three young receivers like Jonte Cook, uh, Ryan Niblett, DeAndre Moore, under underneath Mitchell, uh, Worthy, and Whittington. They're, they're seeing good habits. Yep. And I think Sark has in, installed the spark. They've created the spark. Well, now it's about what do they do on top of it. The other the other thing I, I mentioned or I thought about as you're talking about, I always thought it would be I, – I, I shouldn't say I always thought it would be. I felt like it meant, mattered more who you were competing against. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. At cornerback. But you brought something separate into the equation, and that's who you're competing against in reps. So it's when, when it's Colin Simmons versus Kelvin Banks, mm-hmm. or, I don't know, Ethan Burke, versus Trevor Gooseby, right? Yeah. They're seeing what it takes at a high level against one another right now. Yeah. And I think that that's infinitely – I hadn't really thought about it that way, but it helps It helps push them at nearly every position when you add elite players at each position. Because, look, if you're Jake Majors and you have to worry about Tavondre Sweat over the top of the ball – or yes. Byron Murphy over the top of the ball, you're going to get better. You're going to be ready for somebody as quick as a cat, or you're going to be ready for a 360-pound monster. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I you're mean, exactly right. Jay Majors mean, wants he, – he hadn't seen – there won't be a better player in the country he sees at that position than Tavondre Sweat. And I felt like they're going to be just Roy Williams. And I loved when I got to the point as a senior where I can I could demand in one-on-one, now I'm going up against Roy, DJ, or Sloan. That's it. That's it. That, that's sorry, guys. I, I can't waste any reps. I need reps. I want reps against the guys who are considered elite receivers. So when I went to the game, there was confidence. I wasn't going to play up against a better receiver or go up against a better receiver than Roy Williams. This wasn't, I mean, maybe, maybe once a game, maybe one game out of the year in the bowl game, potentially. Maybe if Oklahoma had that guy, maybe if it was a Rashawn Woods back in the day, remember that guy for Oklahoma State? Eh, maybe once. And I don't think those guys are even better than Roy, in my opinion. I think Roy was better than all those guys that I played up against. Um, I The confidence that I had, if I had those quality reps against Roy, oh, man, I it, my confidence soared. And I had to, listen, to guard Roy Williams, my technique had to be flawless. It had He was a freak of nature. I had to have great leverage. I had to make sure that I my fundamentals were on point, that I was patient, that I didn't, you know, uh, you know, uh, shoot with the wrong hand. I had to make sure all those things were on point. Otherwise, Roy Williams would make me look bad out there. And I have to watch that one-on-one rep in, in the film room with Coach Akina, and he's going to break it down in front of me. But I, I, I know I needed that challenge if I was going to be the best cornerback possible, the best version of myself. And I, I was. And Matt Brown brought it out. And it was it was, it was was Coach Akina was a big part of it. Best DB coach, I think. It was kind of a three – it was a three-part – the kind of developmental, if you will, kind of process. I had to be pushed by the best young DBs, uh, potentially, you know, that they could acquire. Um, I had to go up against some of the best wide receivers in the country. They provided that. And then I had to have the best, um, 
best, basically the best DB teacher, all right, the best defensive back coach available to help me learn how to be a student of the game and learn how to win the chess match within the game. And that was Coach Aquino. So honestly, if not for either of those components, I'm not sure if I'd get drafted into the NFL. I'm not sure if I'd be right now able to break down ball in, in the manner that I can um, because I got that from Coach Aquino. The, 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 the mental side of it, the football acumen, the football IQ, that came from the coach. The 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 uh, the the technique and I think the flawless technique and being fundamentally sound sound and assignment sound I think that came from going up against the best in practice all the time and I just think the the spirit of competition and just the work ethic that you have to cultivate when you you see next to you Nathan Basher who's but all-time interceptions leader are tied with Noble Dawson. You see a Huff Daddy and a Cedric Griffin and a Quentin Jammer in the same room, and you think to yourself, if I'm going to win one of them spots, I got to put in the work. I got to put in more work than all those guys. And then it fosters that 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 competitive sickness where all you want to do is all you want to do is grind and work the process. You're obsessed with the process. You're obsessed with it. And the product takes care of itself when you become obsessed with the process. Good stuff, Rod. Really appreciate it. I, I think my point is, I think Texas is moving in that direction in a lot of ways because they're starting to have the talent, the younger talent that yeah. pushes those guys, right? That yep. pushes the envelope a little bit. And, and I, I just think it's uh, great to see because, you know, I don't know what Texas, what the SEC necessarily has in store for Texas, hmm. but I know the competition level is going to be amped. Yep. You know, to whatever level it's going to be. And so to meet Georgia in Austin next year, you're going to see what it really looks like, right? I know they're in the college football playoff right now, but you get my point. It's like they're going to have to come to play each and every week a little bit differently than maybe they did in the Big 12. And that's going to be that competitive process over and over and over again. You've seen teams that are infinitely – or not infinitely – eminently – uh, talented like A and M, yeah, squander that because whatever reason that culture that spark never got started. The yeah. the culture of competition never mm-hmm. got going, and I, I think that's that's important. All right, I want to I want to say thanks to our sponsor one last time, and I have a couple more questions uh, that I want to ask you and discuss. Uh, Adam Lowy, Lowy Law Firm, helping injured Texans for a couple of decades. If you've been injured in a car wreck or on the job and feel you might be due compensation or want to seek legal advice, Adam and his group give a free consultation. No no dollars, no signing paperwork, signing anything away. Give them a call, 512-280-0800, or visit them at lowylawfirm.com. Adam, thank you for your sponsorship in uh, 2023. We, we really, really appreciate it. All right, I, I want to take this and, and move to a different piece of it thought process five days away from from the game right now you have any advice to this team any advice to to certain players that that you want to see do well or you know be it be be what it may your 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 words what you have any advice for people or for the for the players uh oh man that's good yeah i mean i i think for the players i just think they should um should have a, a lot of confidence 
I mean, th- that's the beauty of this, this these four teams in this college football playoff. And I've been looking at the matchups, looking at the teams. Man, you can make a great case for almost any team to win it all. You really could. I mean, you can make I can make a case for a great case for Texas. I can make a great case for Washington. I can make a great case for Bama or Michigan. Um, I don't know if there is a team right now, and maybe it's Bama. I I, I make the argument that's playing better football right now than Texas. Like their last two games, uh, you, they played their best football. Guys, you cannot ask for a better scenario where you are building to a a crescendo. You are you are peaking. We talked. I talked about this with Coach Shipley actually. Um, you know, and there, just, I'm not saying that Washington's, Washington's playing great football. They're undefeated. Um, but watching this Texas football team right now in that Tech game and in Oklahoma State game, I do consider the competition, of course. I don't necessarily think Tech or Oklahoma State are great teams. Um, but I hadn't seen Texas play a more well-rounded, overall, comprehensive, four, full four-quarter game. And we we discussed this. This is one of the topics we talked about all season long. Man, I don't know if Texas is going to play a full fourth quarter game. They're a fourth quarter team, but not a fourth quarter team. And Tech and Oklahoma State, they that's as close as we've seen to them playing a full four quarter game and closing out an opponent. And I, I talked about this with Anthony Hill, and he talked about how they want to make teams submit. Right? That's what they want to do. Now, they're not going to make Washington submit. Washington's a damn good team. But just the attitude of once you are starting to impose your will on an opponent, don't let up. And they did that early in the season. Right? They were, they were letting up. They were relaxing. I was like, what, what are you relaxing for? You obviously are better than this team. You're good enough. or I would say you are better than them to the point where you can be up 21 or 20 points. All right, you're that much better than them, then you should be able to close them out. Then that shouldn't become a, a game that comes down to the last minute drive. Right. You were able to impose your will to that extent. And I think they've that, that's a maturity factor that they, they they were aware of that. They were aware, man, we got to start closing out these opponents. That was something that they were talking about. They were discussing as a team. And then they wanted to they wanted to remedy that. We've seen them do this. As a team, and I think that's a that's a that's a cultural. Um, I think that's a, that's kind of a, a cultural um, awakening, like it's a cultural moment for them when they can uh, they can realize. Because I, I heard uh, J T. Sanders talk about this before the season. He said we he said this, and I'm paraphrasing. We know uh, that our reputation is that we can't finish, that we can't close out a team, that we don't finish games. And they want to make that a point of emphasis to finish games in the fourth quarter. Even Sark talked about making the practice, structuring the practices so that they can close out opponents a little bit better. Um, and I just, I love that the fact this team, they were, they were a flawed team to start the season. I'm not saying they fixed all that, but man, they have improved. Like talk about red zone offense. They were five or five versus Oklahoma state. Like I think this team may be playing their best football. Well, that's, is that enough to win it all? I think so. I, I'm actually confident that if they're playing their that football that we watch for Oklahoma State and versus Tech, I I think they're gonna win it all. Now that could be an aberration. That could just be you know they played two really good games and they play they played one game with them at five or five in the red zone and we're not gonna see that team in in the that was an outlier. We're not gonna see that team in the bowl game. That could easily be the case. But if it's not and they're trending and peaking. They're going to win it all. They are. Uh, that's the way I feel. That, 
Because they're gonna be five. They're gonna be five and five in the red zone, Bobby. This team—that's one of the only things that was stopping this team from being great was they red zone offense was just bad, subpar. If they're gonna do that, I don't really know if I really—I I know without Jonathan Brooks, that's crazy to say, but it feels like that they're trending the right way. Yeah. Well, here, here's what I took from there. You talked about progression, maturity. Those are all things that come when, when you're talented like Texas is, especially young talent, like like an Anthony Hill. You mentioned him or Quinn Ewers even or C.J. Baxter. Yes. I mean, they're young. Manny Muhammad is young. I mean, you, you have these guys, Ethan Burke. You know, I, I feel like that progression, that maturity takes place. And they're learning. You have to learn how to be dominant. It just doesn't come to you. You have to work through that process. Now, some people say, oh, well, we beat this team 70 to nothing in high school. That's true. But, you know, you probably didn't go out and lose 70 to nothing the next time. You probably had a, a good team and your coach taught you how to be that or the expectations were there beforehand. Well, you look at Steve Sarkeesian, he didn't have that expectation. Tom Herman played more one-score games than, I think, everybody in the history of the University of Texas. Yeah. In the first three. I mean, I mean, it's just like he did. He played He played everything close. So the, there was never that dominant performance. It, it wasn't – I don't want to say it was beaten out of him. Maybe they weren't – maybe they didn't have that capacity. But it's been this, this ongoing improvement that has guided it and allowed it to become where, to your point, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State literally had no chance. No chance. Neither of them. Neither of them. And now that doesn't mean that's going to happen against Washington. No. Uh, different different caliber opponent. They have different uh, pieces of the puzzle, puzzle themselves. But I, what I – we don't go back enough. We talk about it in big uh, – in metaphors and, you know, kind of big big words and uh, this, <laughs> this uh, transformation that's taking place. But – we don't necessarily appreciate it for what it is because it takes time. Yep. You know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, yes, you can be a better team over time, over overnight, but you can't necessarily get this consistent upheaval like what we're seeing and, and change in process. I, I just think that's been a, been a big one. All right, uh, Rod, that's going to do it for today's state of the program. Uh, you, me, Coach Shipley, hopefully get together. This weekend, we're going to talk about our picks for the game. I'm excited about that. You've got uh, Talking Ball later today with CJ. You've got uh, Coach Shipley for Football Theory. It's going to be a full full uh, workload for you this week. Um, I'm headed to New Orleans tomorrow, uh, so I'm ready to get nice. down there and get going. should be a lot of fun. Uh, so that'll do it for today. Thanks to Adam Lowy again in the Lowy Law Firm. Rod, thank you for sharing your time with us as well. Yeah. Uh, for Rod Babers, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been State of the Program on Texas football. Hook them. Hook them.